Play by Play on Sports Joe and Her, brought to you by AIG, in support of 20 by 20. It's your favourite part of the week. I'm Jenny Murphy, and these intros keep on getting cheesier and cheesier and cheesier. Thank you to the producer, Neymar, for putting me in this situation. Anyway, this is Play by Play. Macker, good to have you back, Bibs. Hey, girl. What's going on? I'm so happy we're going to get to spend some quality time I here. know. Like, finally, there's no third person here to, like, wreck our heads and talk about really interesting stuff. <laughs> Conan's, you know, off making cups of tea, doing his sports editor thing. We can just talk about ourselves. Yeah, and great. That sexy t-shirt you have oh, on. Oh, thanks. What is this? Well, like? I don't know. I don't, Macker, I'm not here to talk about fashion. Um, I'm here to talk about, well, we'll talk about your A, AFWL, AL... Australia AFLW women. girl oh that's yeah Aussie rules uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later um, you were away on holidays last week how was that yeah it was fab um, yeah it was really good we brought my little three month old nephew so we thankfully had to take it a bit handier than we have been the last couple of weeks well yeah well so then you'll be able to give like full insight into the goings on in the last week in terms of women's sports and yeah. more Absolutely. Okay, well then we're just going to, we're actually at the at the end of the show, we're going to grill you a little bit about, you know, Australia and what's coming up for you. So just a heads up there. It's going to be great. And we'll also talk about dangerous animals that you may encounter and why maybe Melbourne isn't such a good idea after all. <laughs> but I'm also here to support you and talk about like massive spiders that are dangerous and deadly <clears throat> and they live in urban areas too. But we'll get to that later. Ireland versus Ukraine, Tala Stadium. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. Sorry, that wasn't a question, Jenny. Will I let you? No, you, you roll with it. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I thought the girls were absolutely incredible. Um, I wouldn't have watched a huge amount of women's soccer before kind of the last 18 months, but it wasn't as readily available and I wasn't as aware of the games as I am now in the sense of like, I didn't actually used to know that they were on, you know, the kind of way. Yeah. And I know that similar things. Um, have happened in the past with like the rugby and obviously our sport as well. People would have always been like over the years, I'm um, sure I didn't even know you were playing. But anyway, apart from that, um, yeah, so I've only kind of been um, tuned into the girls properly over the last um, 18 months. But I think their performance the other night was seriously, seriously impressive. And it could have, there was obviously two mistakes for the two goals. Um, so the I think the scoreline was a little bit generous towards Ukraine in that sense. Um, you know, obviously they did capitalise on the two mistakes, but um, the two girls would have been disappointed with the mistakes. But I thought, I know I spoke about last week about how not kind of comparing the men's game and the women's game because it's, it's, a different do you know what I mean they produce a different product but uh, if we are going <laughs> to I'm going to do it what now if, but if it suits us we will come back <laughs> <laughs> but listen like the girls were incredible the first goal obviously speaks for itself an unbelievable move you know they're so they're playing they were playing so positively in comparison if we do compare the men mm. this week they, they were playing like such a lovely brand of football the first goal was as good a goal you'll see anywhere um, I think I, there's a handful of girls there who I'm thinking, you know, aren't playing professional over in England or over in Europe. And I'm like, they're going to be snapped up by, so, like, I was looking at Rihanna Jarrett and I was like, somebody is going to snap yeah, her up. Yeah, woman of the performance. But it's, it wasn't me. even that. Like, it was very early on. It was very obvious. Like, she is a top, top class footballer. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't, like, obviously... 
McCabe's a professional and they're, they're, you can tell like you can notice the girls who obviously are in that environment all the time you know if you're working nine to five and then you're trying to um play your football or whatever it's obviously going to have an impact um but I thought she was incredible like I think she she surely is going to be snapped up I think she probably hasn't been I'm sure she's quite happy where she is as well on the same hand but I, I feel as though maybe she hasn't been snapped up because of the run of injuries she's had um but what an incredible comeback what an, like I know you've obviously suffered some um she's a little bit younger than you so <laughs> she's thanks friends you're the best no yeah, yeah. um but yeah I thought no overall I thought it was an absolutely incredible performance like O'Sullivan is playing unbelievable she was football. chasing and like just tenacious would have, would be how I would describe that yeah and like as well as that she's she's playing um, in top play football over in the States yeah. was just voted MVP for yeah. a team like uh, Carolina Stars Carolina NC Courage no worries they're from Carolina <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take that as a kind of a semi win um, and yeah when you've got that calibre of player I think especially when they're coming from the States and they're coming they're back the from they're the world England. champions like do you <clears> know what I mean and she's the player who's getting voted by her peers which obviously is something that's I think it was Oh, I I'm actually don't know if it's voted by the peers, but she MVP. Was MVP. I think, yeah, for something like that, I think you, it is a player-led vote. Yeah, even if it's not anyway. It's you know so, what I mean? Like, it's, Yeah, it's massive. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got, like, yeah, the likes of Katie McCabe, Quinn. Uh, it's great to see Megan Campbell back yeah. in the green jersey as well. Oh, my God. And that's the her, Sorry, can I speak about the way she throws the ball in? Like, She could throw that like, ball that far when we were playing against each other underage. It was a pain in the ass. You had to have, like, now, <laughs> like, it's impressive, but it was also like, oh, it's like they can have a corner. Anytime they're in our half of the pitch, it was... It's in nearly like a free on the penalty spot. Yeah, it's it just puts huge pressure like against when they're playing against Germany. A few you years see ago. like Louise like floating up because she's like, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> yeah, on this. yeah. No, it's I'm like, wow, hyper flexible is her back? Oh, was it the able? second goal or the third goal? Anyway, she created a goal from one of those throws. I was like, she is an animal. Like yeah. I've never seen that before in the men's game or the women's game. I was like, oh my god. She's yeah, I think there's there's a Sunderland or Southampton guy that was able to do it but he's not around anymore so longevity and all that and it was also great because like you were saying it's only that's the first match under Vera Poe yeah um, I'm delighted for her yeah great and then to see Eileen Gleeson as well who was used to coach with UCD Waves and P-Mounts she beat one of my former uh, football coaches okay. it's great that you know someone's coming in and they realise that there's strength in bringing someone who knows the lay of the land and knows how the league works and like what players like is is under like knows his players well um, and to kind of like bring her in as well I think was a massive was yeah. a huge step and then the way they played like they've only had a month to train together and even though we say a month it's probably much less, like it's not it's not a month because you've got girls that are are away Working. training so it's actually together it's only a couple of couple of days maybe a few weekends here or there so to be able to like this is the kind of brand of football that we're going to play and we see it in the very first game yeah. is massive so I'm looking forward to it their next game isn't until it's against Germany in Ireland next September so they've got a decent break now I'm sure there will be like friendlies mm -hmm. and stuff coming up and maybe other competitions but they're looking good like they've given themselves every chance you know what I mean like yeah. they're playing unbelievable stuff as well so 
So maybe like we could wing it that, you know, Joe or her or AIG could get us out to the Ukraine and we could do like some <laughs> sports commentary. Nudge, nudge. Uh, yeah, no, it was pretty good. Pretty good for the girls in green. Uh, we also will jump, we'll talk a little bit about um, Ireland Samoa, mm. the men's game. Did you catch any of that? Um, I didn't catch any of it, but I heard it was super impressive. They kind of went back to the basics and, you know, we're doing all the basics well. You know yourself when you're obviously, not that they're struggling for a bit of form, but they hadn't been playing, hitting the, the heights that had been hoped for them. But it sounds as though they just went back to doing the simple things really, really well. You know, when you're in kind of a rut like that, just go back to... Yeah, like it wasn't, it wasn't by any means, you know really exciting unbelievable rugby but I think if you're especially if you're playing against the Simones even the Simone women um, they like to make big tackles yeah. they're kind of like that's their that's their kind of that's their nearly game going into it it's your built in that that's and they're mm. capable of doing huge damage so the more you kind of spread the ball out and have those long passes the more you're leaving your ribs open to getting absolutely <laughs> crunched um, so yeah, they they played it kind of tight, and then they were down to fourteen men after fifty minutes. Yeah, so to be said for yeah, yeah. there's like bonus point win, you know, with playing against these big guys. I thought. Did it you was, think it was a red card? Yeah, I did think did it was you? a red card. Okay. Like, um, I thought the referee was brilliant. The referees have been a bit touch and go, especially at the start of the season. But Nick Berry, he was like he used to play rugby for. He's Aussie under 21s player. He's a scrum half. And then he played with um, Queensland Reds, London Wasps and Racing Metro. And then he got injured. He got uh, concussions. So he had to retire early. Um, but like for a player as a referee, that kind of communication is huge. You want to know what you're doing wrong mm. and right. And even little things like you're you're going in to try and make a poach and then he's you know 13 hands away leaning on your knee and you're like oh okay and it's just kind of like it's yeah. nice rather than you making the mistake you're ripping and then he pings you for a penalty so that kind of constant chat and even how he gave there was a yellow card for Samoa earlier which I did agree I did think was a, a yellow card and um, it was a high tackle direct contact to the head but Stockdale had been dipping and the Samoans players, his hips were hinged, his knees were hinged, so he did make an effort. It was just, it was going to be a card. But then for Aki's, like it was a reaction. There was a bounce of a ball. He had like, I think they worked out 0.2 seconds to react, which is nothing. And you know, the first thing you do instinctually is hit that person with the ball yeah. and you try and do it as effectively as possible and get low. But he just, he didn't have the time, but he still didn't hinge. Direct contact with considerable force. Yeah, it was kind of going to be a Do red. Do you know how that's going to impact him going forward? I know he's, they're... He's banned. It was just um, today. He's banned for the next three days. Three games. So he's out for the World Cup. Oh. And it's that's annoying and frustrating in itself. And it's gutting for him. But he... Even if you're banned, if you're banned for the three days, it all or three games, it means you're also not allowed to train with the team. Oh, no. So that's that's even frustrating if you have someone like Henshaw and Ringrose or you know Henshaw Farrell, whoever the combination might be, they now don't have someone to run against defensively, so to put pressure and prepare yeah. you for the game. So yeah, it's not ideal, but you know quarterfinal against the All Blacks. It's going to be exciting. So loads of people are trying to swap tickets now. I saw, moment. yeah, I actually like saw ten at least 10 people on Twitter being like please okay folks <laughs> it's like why do we always do this to ourselves like we always jinx ourselves doesn't it well no because I was looking into 
into going and then I was like oh which way is it going to go and then in the end I didn't because I was like I looked at my bank account and I was like this is a terrible <laughs> terrible financial decision I know I should go to Japan <laughs> yeah I'll just do that and uh, you're kind of like if you if you buy the you know if if you buy the wrong ticket if you if you don't think that we're going to come first then I feel like we've nearly jinxed it for Worse. the team yeah. so I was just like if I could afford it I probably would have got gone for the South Africa and gone for like oh we're going to place first but Japan are playing unbelievable rugby. Did you see the Japan Scotland match? Yeah, best be, one of the best games of the tournament. Thank God, Japan are unbelievable. Yeah, their coach is savage though. Like, yeah, I don't know. No, they're and like they're they back themselves. Like loads of people are talking about like oh they play risky rugby and whatever. It's like no, they just are really confident in how they play. Yeah. So they had something like two hundred days together or something, didn't they? Like in the run up to the World Cup. Do you or, think they're going to beat South Africa? Oh. I don't know. As our rugby correspondent. Yeah. <laughs> My God, I don't know. I'd just be like any random punters having a guess. I'm like, it's fine. That's what I think most people are. But um, Pat, our actual rugby correspondent yeah. last week, um, was saying, you know, like he made He's the He's jinxing everything, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. Um, but he spoke about Korea, the Korea Soccer World Cup and how they like surprised everyone. They got really far. But I think that kind of undermines Japan in the sense that like Japan actually are unbelievable playing so well they're actually unbelievable but um, yeah no I think they could I think they could beat South Africa that would be huge for for rugby in general just for because of the like I think they they're now well they're now they seem like a tier one nation yeah but like rugby it's not played in very many countries so to have another strong team come I heard out a compete. suggestion on the radio during the week that someone was like Japan should play in the Six Nations or something I was like that'd be gas yeah that's probably <laughs> that's probably not going to happen but if they played against the the championship they have like Australia New Zealand yeah. Argentina South Africa like they're well able to compete yeah well so. it's not even just compete like they're beating yeah. They're able to do damage. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and their jersey's pretty nice too. So, uh, moving along, talk about marathon times. Sub two-hour marathon, gross, <laughs> um, but pretty impressive. So October twelfth, a human ran twenty-six point two miles. So like over just over forty-two kilometers in less than two hours. That's like twenty-one kilometers an hour. The whole time. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. I worked out, it was like, uh, if you do... I can't even run up the stairs at the minute. <laughs> I'm only joking. It's a joke, oh, Melbourne. Man. If, Me- if Melbourne are listening right there, they're like, oh, can we void no. her contract? Are we the, able yeah. to... Yeah. I'm back in the straight and narrow. I'm yeah, back yeah, in the straight yeah. and narrow. Sure. So uh, are we going for burgers after this? Okay, solid, solid, solid. I've lost my train of thought because I'm now thinking of burgers. Thank you, Mackers. 21 kilometres an hour. Yeah, it was something Human. like, if you ran... If he did like a hundred, I don't know. It was something he he, he mm. was doing. Oh, he was doing. If he ran a hundred meters, um, and each of his hundred meters repetitively, so he'd have to do a hundred meters in seventeen seconds repetitively for forty-two times. Forty-two, four hundred and twenty-two times. Oh yeah, I was like, no yeah, girl. Yeah, I could do forty-two <laughs> times, but like, yeah, uh, gross. Yes. You couldn't do it. <laughs> Probably not. Well, 17 seconds is really quick. Well, like, no, it's not really quick, but it is for 42 <laughs> times in a row. In a row. Oh, yeah, I need breaks. <laughs> I need breaks. <laughs> I need little burger breaks. Oh. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for that, Macris. Yeah. yeah. How far did you think you'd get? How far would I get? Yeah. Like, doing the 100 metres. Oh, sorry. In 17 seconds. I don't know. 
I, don't, I think I could do it. Okay. <laughs> sure. I hope you sense that I, my, my, oh, sure, was like I didn't believe you at all. Yeah, of course. But I know you, girl. Okay, thanks. It's been great for my ego. Um, his <clears throat> previous, his pre, the previous time he tried it in the setup that he did it in, you know, with the pacers and all, he did yeah. it in like 202 or something, which was like incredible. But obviously this time the big aim was, did you see how happy that he had like 42 pacers that were like rotating in and out? Because it was yeah. funny, like when I first seen it, I was like, I'm sure the fellas behind him did it as well. <laughs> like, like, what is everyone talking about? But no, apparently there were seven groups of pacers who swapped in oh, and out. Oh, sick. Like even like little things. They're impressive people. Imagine. Yeah, they were running They were running crazy times for their like, I think it was, they were doing 7K bursts. And it was still, like I was just looking at the pace that he was doing over there. They picked, they, they, they picked, it was all strategically done. So they mm. picked Vienna because it was a fast course yeah. and it was quite flat so flat. it wasn't too basic and then they had like like did you see his runners that he was wearing they, they looked large I don't know they, about them though. they were large um, yeah they were like you know built for marathon running and then people were like giving out about you know um, was that not cheating in itself and I was like well runners like he still has to lift he wasn't trying to win a race like he was racing against himself so like who's he cheating against? he's yeah, cheating he was, himself is he or yeah. like what I don't know I think there was a lot of especially like every there's been a lot of records broke over the last even the last two months mm. and like you watch I was watching um Hear me and Megan's her race, yeah, her race. That, the person who came first won. The that was a world record, was it? Yeah, no. it was. But it was just like you were watching the athletes afterwards, and when they crossed, like there were celebrations of people hugging each other. But like when you don't celebrate with the person that done has done something that amazing, is it? I think that's suspicious in itself. Like if athletes are, mm, was that a legitimate time? Yeah, the, I don't know. Like it was just, and then I wouldn't be knowledgeable about athletics at all, but I would follow journalists that are have competed to a high level or would be you know this is their area there's a bit of there was a bit of a controversy there recently with nike wasn't there and the coach for what was it Sla- salazar Slaz- yeah God. difficult name i was yeah, well i'm butchering all the names so yeah i don't know and then it seems that all his athletes then seem to have backed him as well so like it's not like they were like Oh God, he's kind of tainted my brand, or you know, if if he was, if that was our manager who was like associated in any way, like even if it's, it's kind of innocent till proven guilty, it still kind of wouldn't be out in the media saying, just in case, because like yeah, you know, you never know, you know, the kind of way like it's 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 disappointing because you've got cycling, athletics, so many of these amazing sports that require so much. How like, many times like we saw. Jessica Ennis went back and won a, a gold medal retrospectively. Like, that's so shit. Like, yeah. you know, when you win something... You want like, it at the moment. I know, it's they so came great. back and they were like, oh, sorry, actually, that All-Ireland final... Never going to happen, like... Yeah. <laughs> that All-Ireland final that you lost in 2014, like, you actually won it. You'd be like, oh, I missed out on my two weeks of... Cooling. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yeah. worry, you more than made up for it this week, so, <laughs> grand. Um, we have to speak about it as well, speaking about marathons. Um... Fidel McCormick, so she smashed her yeah. PB. Um, so she's got Tokyo qualification in the bag. Um, so this is her fourth Olympic Games that she's going to be competing in. Um, she shaved about four minutes off her personal best. I know. Which is a chunk. So it was like 2.26.47. So it's her second on the Irish all-time list right behind Katrina McKernan. That's not too bad going. 
Um, so we actually had. Irish Athletics is in such an unbelievable place at the minute. Isn't I know, it? deadly. It's incredible. Yeah. So much fun to watch. I'm like, you go, guys, running really fast, being really fit <laughs> from the couch. <laughs> we were, uh, Tanya Ross was in last week and she's like, oh, I love watching it. I hate doing it. Oh, but really? I love watching it. So it's like, I hear you, girl. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, Neve Marr, the. The woman that I was speaking about earlier that's making me do continuous cheddar-like intros, she was speaking to uh, Kira Megan uh, earlier in the weekend. She's talking about, you know, her pretty decent performance in the World Athletic Championship. So uh, she talked us through that race. Uh, let's have a listen. Whenever you see something like 351, that's... I'm not, I never will say, and I'll never put myself down, but I'm a realistic person that I will never achieve 351 in my lifetime that time fourth in the all-time list it's something that most athletes will never touch on and it's yeah. it's something that there's a question mark over um for a lot of people so that's um that's tough yeah. and that's tough for me to feel to to feel um stepping off the track but then I look at that race and I see girls who came fourth mm. uh, American girl Shelby who I watched cool down she had tears in her eyes coming fourth in 354 yeah. but I was like Shelby you ran 354 yeah that that in itself is a life achievement mm. that you should be extremely proud of now to miss out on a medal and run that fast is ridiculous mm. but um but I know whenever I see those athletes I'm like well I can achieve that yeah I can run what Jenny Simpson ran I can run what Shelby ran yeah. and that gives me a lot of a lot of excitement and a lot mm. of faith because I, I believe in those athletes and I believe that they're they're no better than me. Yeah. And that with that little bit of extra extra work and just not even extra work, extra consistency. Mm. I joined my team in Manchester two years ago and I've made such leaps and bounds between then and now. Yeah. So it's exciting to see what will happen in the next year, the next two years, the next Olympic cycle as yeah. well. Um, it's an exciting place to be and I feel like I can make that progression and and make it to the sub four club. Right, you can listen to the full uh, interview with Kira and find out, you know, on all our audio platforms. You know the huge that I can't name right now, but SoundCloud, Spotify, the whole shebang. Um, so she mentioned there that you know when Hassan finished and got three fifty one. Kira said that she that's that's something that she'll never be able to hit. Yeah. Do you know as an athlete, if you're if you see a teammate or someone that you're playing against being like that's Class, I can never do that. Now, I know there's question marks over that 351 that we spoke about, but is that is that quite difficult to be like, oh, that's cool, but that's something that I know I won't be able to do? I think it's a bit different in athletics. You know, obviously, like, we play a sport where you play one team and you either win or you lose, you know what I mean? You have a mm. much higher chance of winning when you're only playing one opposition, like, whereas you're thinking about, you know, that's in, that's in the world. That That was, like... She came tenth in the world. Like it was absolutely incredible. If you hear her speaking, I watched her interview afterwards, and she was talking about how, obviously, the race went out really quick, and she kind of fell away at the back, um, and she could have easily, you know, put the head down or let herself fall off even more. But she actually ran a PB that day. Like I think there's so much to be taken from you know yourself when you improve on something or. I don't know what it would be in rugby, but say like you clip more scores than you usually would or yeah, you you do something like you're kind of just happy to do the best that you've ever done. You know, I, I'd say she was delighted with her PB regardless of where she came. Oh, after. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I think it's I so think that's what I mean. Like, I think the PB thing in athletics is so incredible. I also um, 
was talking to swimmer, Paralympic swimmer. Oh my God, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Help me, Jenny. Um, yes. Ellen Keane? Ellen Keane, I'm sorry, Ellen. <laughs> oh my God, my brain is like not working. But she spoke before about winning medals and she was saying, do you know, even if I didn't win a medal and I went out and swam as fast as I possibly could and got a PB, like that's what's important to me. You know, it's about doing... Bettering what, yourself. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So I think it's come from quite a different space from like me where I'd go out and play a championship game and it's either you win or you don't and I'm only playing one opposition so yeah. and you could have an absolute mare of a day and still win because yeah. you've got you lean on your teammates yeah. but I think with athletics and all those you're, you are on your own like, exactly and so and even like no but like you can't you can play badly you can win playing badly in, yeah. in GA and in rugby you know what I mean you can drag the team into a the, your opposition into a dog fight not that doesn't have your do any of those shady tactics <laughs> but like I've seen uh, like in our All-Ireland final it happens in GA all the time it happens in men's matches like oftentimes the All-Ireland finals aren't aren't good games but like you, you actually can't do that in athletics if you're not at your best you're not going to win whereas like in team sports like like that you it's like if you think about even tennis as well like if you can't really say something like that you golf you can't win playing badly whereas yeah. like in kind of those fields every shot every lap everything counts and even with the pacing and stuff I think it would be so hard because you're you, yeah, like, like you're saying, you know, you're you're racing against mm. X amount of people, but at the end of the day, you're like, this is the time that I should be hitting over every lap. So yeah. you're kind of very much focused on yourself and your own tempo and race, but it can be just so distracting. Yeah, which is uh, another reason why I don't do athletics. That no, I'm but really she's slow. A, a legend. Yeah, anyway. I think she's I think like badass. half of Ireland googled Boke. What is Boke at the end <laughs> of her? One of her many great interviews. Yeah, I know. What a legend. What a legend. But I think I think her interviews are, I think that's another individual thing as well. Like, you know, when, say, me or you do an interview, well, I don't know, you probably don't give a shit, but you're very conscious in team sport of not impacting anyone that you play with. So you're like, I don't want to say anything here that might, not that it would upset, but like get into their heads or yeah, maybe annoy them, you know, like, yeah. not that anyone will get annoyed, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like, you're trying to keep everything very... You're, You're quite self-conscious, and you, yeah, you exactly. want to just. Whereas if I was just representing myself, I like I probably would wouldn't be thinking about it as much, and I'd be like, yeah, listen, I'm absolutely wrecked after that. Like, do you know yeah, what I mean, yeah. but like. You, when you're representing a whole team, like you could probably, you know, Lindsay Davy wouldn't be wrecked after it, so I can't say, oh, listen, we're wrecked after that because I don't know how the other girls are feeling. Yeah. But I think, like, her interviews are absolutely classic. Like, I think she's a legend and fair play to her. Like, she very much reminds me of the two, the two rower boys and the. Yeah, you're that. just like you're just like oh, I wouldn't mind having. It's funny an though. Point with them <laughs> or Kira. Actually, yeah. yeah, that's we actually already spoke about that last week. Um, and as well as that, you know, I know you're kind of talking about you know, interviews yourself. Well, we, we uh, Conan, we spoke about him earlier, mm-hmm. uh, sports uh, editor, editor of sportsshow.ie, he was in chatting to your teammate, uh, Nicole Owens. So we got a bit of a whopper, whopper interview there. Don't know, have you, have you got any insights there? We'll, we'll, have, we'll, ha- we'll have a listen to it first. Um, but she basically talked about like injury and going into, you know, still being part of the team and yeah. helping the team even when she wasn't able to get on the pitch with you guys so let's have a listen to that first all right so uh trinity sport ambassador nicole Mm -hmm. owens you're back in trinity um fond memories of the place 
Yeah, brilliant memories of the place, even kind of coming into this building as well. Yeah. The last the last time I would have probably been in this building was like seven in the morning doing like circuits in my final year um, with the GA team. But uh, even, yeah, walking through the, the campus in general, um, I had four, four really good years here. Mm. Um, I was away in my second year and kind of missed it a lot actually yeah. after being here first year. Um, but uh, no, it's great to be back and to be involved. How important did you find that to sort of get involved when you were here, to get involved with a team, just mm. sort of throw yourself into that college experience? Yeah, because I suppose when you start college it's sort of a little bit overwhelming because everyone's coming from, sort of you're going from, you know, your structure where you know everyone in your school and you're kind of getting thrown in into, you know, a really big, yeah. bustling college. Um, and I think football teams or any kind of sports team in general are a great way to, to meet people and kind of to, I suppose, grow. Uh, within, a, I suppose, a group of like, like-minded individuals. So um, some of my best friends would still be girls that I would have met through the, the, the team in uh, Trinity and like we've all gone on to do different things, but it's kind of, you know, it's the thing that still kind of runs through all of us. And you did Spanish and sociology? I did, yeah. What was the, what was the thinking, what's the pathway there? To Spanish and sociology? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I kind of, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, so I didn't, I didn't have a vocation per se, so I kind of went towards arts um, because I suppose yeah, it's more getting more of a critical understanding of, of the world and like mm. getting different perspectives, which is always good to sort of challenge your worldview, like coming from like, you know, nice sheltered Malahide um, to big tough truth me, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Um, and yeah, I think I just like, I had obviously written out a lot of options and kind of Trinity was sort of always my first choice, and then I. I'd done Spanish in school and there was always that idea like having a language is good and then I think in one of the open days or whatever sociology really interested me because um, I'm really interested I suppose in people and why certain things are the way they are and how I suppose things have been like sultri- uh, socially sort of constructed over time and that have just been accepted um, so sociology appealed to me and I think I'd put it down as one of the choices anyway and it was the one I got. I suppose it's getting more and more relevant now as well you know as, as the world <laughs> goes on in today's climate like you know. Yeah. Do you find that your antennas are up a lot with a lot of current issues? Yeah, I think uh, even, I suppose you see it like all the time, any sort of like current affairs, like the whole thing with like say Justin Trudeau and the like blackface is sort of people like not understanding why that's, you know, why it's so important that like, uh, like maybe like that was called mm-hmm. out and that like leading back to sort of like, I suppose, traditional views of the way things used to be and kind of understanding how that's changed over time and how attitudes have changed over time because Sort of, so that that time, paper that was fine, but now kind of people are a bit more aware, although maybe it's it's not, and they're channeling maybe negative stereotypes. And then it's actually it's, it's very relevant for like women's sport as well, mm-hmm. especially in Ireland with like amazing pushes going on with twenty by twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I look at even the the Republic of Ireland v Ukraine match. Yeah. But there was a bit of mm-hmm. like you know people saying well there there was um, an appeal to get them into the game and, and some people actually question that but mm-hmm. as you say like where we come from this is the right thing to do right to try and readdress that balance well I think so and I think part of it is maybe the lack of awareness people even know that the games are on because like say to like, so say that the women's Irish team and I suppose ourselves the Dublin team and any kind of the um, women's sport maybe traditionally wouldn't have been given the media space if you weren't really aware of them you kind of, if you don't have an opportunity to see any of the matches, you you don't really know any of the teams, so you don't really have any of that connection. Whereas like now, if like you know, there's an Ireland lads match on, like I'm not mad into the Ireland the events even in general. Um, but like you know, you'd know, you'd recognise a few players, a few names you'd know from the Premiership. Mm. So you already kind of have some connection. Yeah. Um, and I think the other kind of side of that is, I suppose, little girls and boys, but I think primarily little girls kind of seeing 
that they can play sport to a high level and they can continue it. I'm sure with the likes of the Ireland team, it can be a career if, if you know you're, you're good enough and you're committed enough. Like a lot of those girls are playing in the UK or in the US. Like. Yeah, and they'll see you know that there's there's a crowd willing to go and mm-hmm. watch the games, and like that could be them mm-hmm. one day then as well. Yeah, and I think as a sport, like it does get better. Like the games, like over time, if you look at men's Gaelic football twenty years ago, it doesn't resemble what it looks like now. <laughs> you know, so in kind of ladies football, it is like from my perspective, I get the LGFA is a much younger organisation than the guard. You can see like how kind of teams are getting better and the structures in place for teams are getting better. So I heard you did your Erasmus in Spain. Yeah, so I did it in uh, Granada, which is a Moorish city um, up on the mountains um, near Malaga. It's about like an hour, an hour and a half out of Malaga, so you fly into Malaga. Um, but it was great because you're kind of an hour, an hour and a half from the beach and an hour and a half from Sierra Nevada mountains um, for skiing. So it's kind of, yeah, it was a, it was a, no, it was a brilliant experience. And when, kind of when we were over there, we went over to Morocco as well because it was like a 50-euro Ryanair flight from Seville where some of my friends were. Um, so no, it was just a great year to so grow up a bit and experience mm-hmm. living abroad, um, being away from football as well, which is something that I'm kind of like since I've since I've ever can ever remember, I've kind of been in a structured team environment yeah. for at least nine months of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was nice to kind of be away from it, but also kind of it's probably embedded my love for it again because I missed it. I missed it way more than I expected yeah, to. Yeah. Um, but no, it was a, a really good year of yeah the Spanish air. Great crack, I'm sure. Like Erasmus students kind of gravitate together. So like we, we like we're at a Danish Christmas dinner, like drinking schnapps after every course <laughs> and everything, um, which is like an experience that like I would never have had had I, had I just stayed here. Are you like me then? Like when you're getting towards September, October, you're sort of like ah, I wouldn't mind a bit of a, a break now from football for a few months. But then when you get that break, you're <laughs> mad to get back into it again. Yeah, a little bit. Like it's kind of like sort of for the first few weeks, it's like oh, it's lovely not sort of not having to ride off yeah. Monday, Wednesday, <laughs> Friday, Sunday, and like like if someone's like oh, you're around next week, it's like oh, and you have multiple evenings to choose from. <laughs> um, but actually, kind of in about like two or three weeks, you're kind of. You know, you're done a lot of drinking. You've done like we've been lucky the last few years. We've been celebrating, um, and kind of like that structure is actually like for me anyway. It suits me as a as a person, um, and you kind of miss being around everyone because part of it is kind of life so busy. It's kind of hard seeing like say all your friends all the time. Whereas like because we're like we all have to be there, whatever it is, four times a week. Kind of you're getting that's the chance where all of you are meeting every time. You don't have a choice about it. There's no leeway. So it means. I always find that. then, like, when you do have the choice about it, you end up going to the gym or something anyway on the time you would be training. But it's yeah. the fact that it's you getting to choose, you feel a bit more liberated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I, I kind of, like, exercise in general for me is just kind of a, a really good way of, like, keeping myself in a good place. And, and I, I, I've kind of always exercised, so kind of, yeah, I, I get into a gym routine then. Um, and obviously, like, this year, given that I'm rehabbing, like, I'm kind of, it's off-season, but, like, it's in a weird way it's not off-season because I'm, I'm still, I'm, like, Trying to training as hard as I would have been during the year, it's just unfortunately a bit different. Yeah, so talk to me about that. So 27th of July, warm up against Monaghan, mm. you got you got injured. Did, did you do your cruciate then? Uh, yeah, I ruptured just the ACL, but I didn't hear, hear anything else. And yeah. then not even two full months later, you're back playing against Cork. So 25th of August, you're back for the semi-final. Yeah, so yeah, it was four four weeks because I that was four weeks was kind of the. It was about as tight as it could possibly have been, and unfortunately, in the end, it was—I don't know if it was too tight or I just got unlucky and got a, another hit again in the semi-final. Um, but yeah, no, the, there was a bit of leeway um, because I just did my ACL. I didn't do any of the other ligaments around it, so you've got four ligaments in your knee. So if you do one of them, you're at risk. Most people do like 
two, so then there's no leeway, whereas like I kind of had three, so it was like, listen, we'll see if we can compensate, if we can build everything else up. Um, and I had got it in a, a great place, like I passed all, I went to Sanchi and did all the testing, it was in a great place. Um, it obviously just, you know, there wasn't enough, the, so was the, um, and the king for Sanchi, like, called it like wiggle room, like, and every time you'd do yeah. something else, like I didn't have a lot of wiggle room, because I'm, all the risk factors are high. Apart from not having an ACL, I'm also female and play GA, which is like a cut and pivot sport. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, it didn't last much longer than three minutes. But listen, I would have had to do all that work anyway for, before the surgery, and at least that way it gave me a, a short-term goal to focus on. Because I think like, had I just had to build it up for the surgery, knowing that I was going to lose whatever, 40, 50% of it after the surgery through muscle atrophy, I don't know if I would have been able to push myself as hard as I did. I heard you did 33 sessions, like individual sessions for <laughs> rehab in that four-week period. Is that, is that true? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know where actually I don't know where Mick got 33 from, <laughs> but um, no, I think it was actually it was actually 35 when like because I had I was kind of it was kind of what helped fuel me was knowing I had that much under me because obviously a part of it was mental because I there was a mental kind of battle as well as a, as a physical battle because I knew that there was you know a very like necessary functional component my knee was missing um but yeah I suppose I I knew that I was going to be very tight and I, I just wanted to put myself in a position that I knew I'd done everything I possibly could have if you know what happens in the end did happen if I didn't make it um so I suppose I just and I knew it was a short time frame that I could get my head down and just work as hard as possible and give myself the best chance of success and how did you find like going to training and stuff then what was your routine did you still go down to train? yeah no of course I was I was as involved with the team it was more just I tried to get there and get my session done um quickly and then sort of go out and watch the girls training but obviously it's a bit different because you are removed like yeah. even though like you kind of have all the banter and everything in the dressing room beforehand but kind of everyone else has gone out as a group and then you're going to the gym um and kind of just trying to you know build it up in your back to like hopping and jumping over hurdles and and like doing side steps and stuff that like you don't want to be like you know that's the important foundational stuff you just want to be playing football yeah. like so were you picking up cones for them and stuff and roaring them on <laughs> yeah no I tried to like towards like I kind of would try and because like my first part of my job was to try and give myself the best chance obviously to get back for the yeah. team but kind of once then I got my rehab done it was yeah then I just try and be as much involved as possible as I could be like I read an interview before the final um, where somebody was saying that your contribution at training was so invaluable. Like, what, what were you doing for the players at that stage? Because they were really talking about like, how it was great having you there at training. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I suppose it's kind of my... I wouldn't necessarily be someone who talks a lot of training. It would be more like kind of my contribution. I usually try, like, the pitch is usually where I try and make my contribution. Yeah. Um, so it kind of changed the dynamic or sort of the role I, I felt I could play. So I tried to, try, yeah, I tried to, like, talk to people if I could say anything positive or give them some sort of feedback just purely based on the fact that I, I could then look at it from, like, more of an objective outside perspective rather than sort of being as involved. Um, and, yeah, I just tried to, I suppose, instill as much belief as I had in the team, even though I wasn't... Like I wasn't involved. Like the team is a team for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. I read one piece with, with Neve McAvoy, and it seemed like she was hinting at something big that you had done, but she didn't go into detail. <laughs> was, was there anything, like in particular, that you had done that to sort of made the players think like that? Um, I don't know. I t I talked to the team, which is kind of something that I wouldn't really have done before to an extent. Um, before the final, um, just because it was, I suppose it was something that I felt I could bring, maybe kind of the emotional side and. 
kind of I wanted to. So I suppose again, like trying to get back to the semi finals, doing everything I could, and this I suppose was doing everything I could, like given kind of the situation I was in. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. Like hopefully that it seems like that. Like you know, was received positively by everyone anyway. It definitely was. Like yeah, yeah. I'd say that would be very inspiring as well if somebody mm-hmm. in your position. Um. But even just go back to the start of uh, your career in the Dublin team. Mm-hmm. So you were in the panel a while before you were yeah. starting. So how did you find out? You must have really had to sort of hang tight and Yeah. Out. Yeah, so twenty eleven, like my first year of college here, um, in Trinity was my first year on the Dublin panel as well. So I was kinda of eighteen and I was probably a bit a bit immature. I was trying to like have the college experience, that fresher experience and sort of play at that high level. So I probably didn't give myself the best chance. Like now looking back I'm like I should have either committed fully or, or stepped away. Um and then I was away second year and then third year and I came back and I'd kinda of spoken to that I, I miss football so much. Um it was kind of, that would have been 2014, yeah, 2014. And I was kind of like, wasn't really, um, wasn't really getting getting on. But sure, I was, still, I was only like 20, 19, 20. Um, and then, yeah, 2015, 2016, I would have started sort of getting more involved. I felt like grew a lot as a player. Um, obviously, being involved in the setup, um, you're it's kind of, you're like, you should be growing. You're getting, yeah. like, you know, the likes of, like, I would always measure myself against Goldie. Uh, Sinead Goldrick um, and kind of like 14 kind of gone into 15, 16 was kind of when I felt I could give her a good battle in training um, so it, she kind of would be almost my benchmark because that is like she's, one, she's the best defender in the country so I like I'd kind of almost go out of my way of training to mark her really? um, because I like I needed to toughen up and I needed to get stronger and she is probably one of the toughest players yeah. we have um, so kind of Having kind of getting the feedback as well from the manager, they could see the battles I was having from her. Um, so yeah, then 2016, I was kind of, I was kind of, I'd kind of worked my way in the starting yeah. team, and then I've been lucky um, ever since that I've managed to to get a jersey. Um, so were you started, years. suppose winning ball off her training, you were thinking, I'm starting to do well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I suppose it's a pride thing, and she's she's incredibly competitive as yeah. well, and it kind of it's almost like, you know, that instilled a lot of confidence in me knowing that I could I could stand up to her and give her a battle because I still like she wouldn't remember it because it was just a kind of routine um, <laughs> uh, whatever training match but I remember like the, a time like I managed to barge her out of the way and, and, and I like literally physically manhandled her off the ball and won the ball and I remember just like running away like firstly thinking she was going to come and kill me but also like oh I can't believe I just got the ball off Goldie like and I would have been like 21 or 22 then so it's kind of like kind of growing up and being able to see that like now I can compete yeah. with her. Yeah. Would you never give yourself a, a handier session and just go on somebody a bit weaker than Goldie? Yeah, well, yeah, it's not, unfortunately, well, it's not unfortunately, it's great for us. Yeah. It's unfortunate for other teams that there's not, we don't have very many weak yeah. defenders. Um, but yeah, I suppose I'm kind of, I wanted, I wanted to improve and I think when you're playing against the best, you're kind of forced to improve. I heard you're um, always one to win all the fitness trials and the, the testing. You told you that. Training. I have my sources. I yeah, sources. yeah. I heard, is that something that you always prided yourself on? Um, yeah, I, I've always been, like, they, I've always kind of been good at the kind of aerobic fitness yeah. side of it. Um, I, like, ran when I was, well, in primary school, I didn't run in secondary school, but I cross-country running and I loved it, and we kind of... Yeah, it kind of became a thing. We obviously pre-season every year. There's a lot of running, and we would do like one Ks and Broncos throughout the year. And yeah, it is. 
I don't know, it's, it's become a source of pride for me, so now it's kind of like I will absolutely kill myself. To, it's, it's not even, it's part of it is personal because I want to obviously get the best score I can like in the yeah. 1K or whatever, but then part of it is like refusing to, to lose to anyone. Yeah. Um, and I suppose it's kind of, it, it, it is the, what the role I, I've, I have played in the last few years has been on the wing and mm. the kind of Mick, the role of wing forward under Mick is incredibly demanding being up and down. Yeah. So it's sort of stood to me, yeah. You've become Sinead Goldrick now, you don't even realise it, but you, that, you are that person now who doesn't want anybody to beat her, and you're <laughs> super competitive. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, like, would, would you, who, who would become second? Like, would you actually start feeling that somebody's getting a bit close to you, and then you start doing a bit of extra work to make sure you're ahead of them? Yeah, yeah, like, I, I, like really, I should just be, you know, just thinking about, like, getting <laughs> the best possible score for myself, but... Yeah, like I would like if someone's kind of like in the last while, like Hal O'Neill or Woodsy have yeah. been like behind me, and I'm like not a chance. <laughs> like, um, so and I suppose that's kind of the way. Like with a team, you all push each other, because mm. um, I know like in some of them, especially early on, when you're not sure how to pace yourself, you match yourself against someone you know you can you can stick with, yeah. um, or that you know is just a little bit faster than you, so you can try and push yourself. Um, so it's kind of yeah, like everyone is especially this year, everyone is really, really pushing on and like kind of over the three years mix been there, like you can see, because we're, we're doing the same fitness test consistently, you can see the scores getting pushed up and you can yeah. see we're, we're hitting the level we were hitting later stage, previous year at an earlier stage. So it's, it's going to keep going, so I'm just going to try to keep, keep yeah. on top of it. Yeah, well what do you do now with, a, with an knee injury? How do you stay on top of it? Like, are you able to do aerobic stuff? Um, so I just got, um, just last night actually I got the okay for my physio to uh, swim again properly because I've been running I've been yeah. kind of bopping around the pool yeah. but to swim and uh, to run in the pool but I've been on the bike so it was great being back on the stationary bike um, and then I have a lot of rehab to do and it has to be done every day so I'm kind of in a bit of a like my own sort of training block at the moment and that's been really good for me mentally just to like you know, be going in and know that like each session is making it that little bit stronger and bring me closer to getting back. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm probably someone who like prides myself on being fit. Um, so kind of like one of the first things that I thought, like not one of the first things, but like soon on into realizing that I was going to be out for whatever it was, if it's six months or if it's nine months, um, was like planning how I was going to stay fit because yeah. it's really important to me. Yeah. Well, you've got four in a row now in your mind. I take it you're still as hungry as ever coming into next season. Yeah, no, well, I suppose the run now is just to try and get back so I, I'm in a position that I can contend for a jersey next season um, because like the competition is as it is every year, but it's getting fiercer and fiercer as all. I call them like my kids, but like all my kids have, have grown up and are now starting in All-Ireland Finals. Um, but yeah, no, next year it'll, it all starts again and I think that's some of the beauty of it. No matter how well we played this year, um, you know, or, or didn't play, but either way, like no matter how how much we we succeeded this year, come January, like it's all wiped. And you know, if if we lose an All Ireland semi final next year, we won't think, oh, well, we won it last year. You know, it's not. It's very much it's a clean slate, and everyone starts on a clean slate, and that is kind of some of the beauty of it. Nicole, thanks very much. Well, thank you very much. Right, so Nicole was speaking a little bit about um, the talk that she gave you guys. How I know I can't imagine how hard it would have been for her but how was it for you know you guys as her teammates to yeah um I suppose you know Noel or Nicole's Noelle <laughs> I was about to say Noelle's a very good friend of mine can't even get her name right like <laughs> no she's not no I'm ex- you don't like her at all no <laughs> I'm extremely extremely close with Nicole and Noelle actually but we're Nicole, talking about Nicole she hates you. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, extremely close with Nicole. You know, she's Sylvester's. Um, we got even, she's a legend anyway, but we would have got particularly close over the years because we're always like, we're car buddies. We would have always been driving to and from training together. And, um, you know, I just over the last couple of years have been like so proud of her and the way she's like broken into the team and she's contributed so much. She went from kind of struggling to get into the team to becoming one of the best forwards in the country. Like, And I know when she got injured, um, it was at a point in the season where she's a clutch, clutch player. Like you're thinking, Jesus, are we going to be successful without her? Like she is one of those players. So um, it was a huge blow to the team. Um, but obviously for her personally, it, it was extremely upsetting. And, um, you know, there was she gave there was an outside chance that she would be able to have been able to um play the semi-final um so she kind of she had a couple of weeks and she did an absolutely trojan amount of work to kind of give her the best possible chance but she only had three and a half weeks you know it has been done before it's been done in ladies football I know it's been done in other sports but just if we're speaking specifically on like a woman and how their capabilities of doing it so there was a lot of um pressure on her to kind of try and build up all the muscles around it you know you have to bulletproof everything else um and she did an absolutely incredible amount of work and she was she was in um the sports clinic and she would have been she passed all the tests with flying colors like the the physios in there were like we actually can't believe you've achieved this but um only her only she'd be able to do it like she's an incredible athlete like she's the type of character who wins all the fitness tests that we ever do she wins every run ever um and she just she gave herself the best possible chance to come back and, and play the court game and I just will always be so grateful f- to her for that um obviously people know how that transpired on the day um she went up to win a ball and she ended up landing on someone else's foot so she wasn't on like a steady base it was like literally a freak accident she trained fully on the Wednesday there was like match scenarios we were playing like she was proper playing football um, the week before the game and she seemed fine it was just like a freak thing where she landed on someone's foot but I'm so grateful for what she did because in the run up to that match her being named kind of alleviated a huge amount of the nerves within the group like so and then when you're in the match three minutes in like your focus is totally shifted there's no nerves there anymore because the game has started so her putting herself in that position and the work and the effort that she put in to play those three minutes like massively impacted our season and I know, like, from the outside looking in, that might sound stupid, but that's just the, the dynamic of a team. Like, things can make you nervous. And for her to have her presence on, on the team, I know, obviously, like, even for me in, in a in a parade walking around, like, she'd be standing in front of me as 10 and I'm 11, like, um, and she's just an incredible leader and an incredible part of the group. And obviously then it was very disappointing for her after the match because she knew then her season was over after the court came she knew then her season was over and she wouldn't have been in a position to to play the All-Ireland final which is extremely tough but the way she conducted herself around the group is as admirable a thing I've ever ever seen in a team environment like she is I'm actually getting a bit emotional talking about it because she's just such like a great person a great friend to so many people in the group and um, we do a lot of like analysis as does any team and I suppose just after one of the sessions um, it kind of clicked to the next slide and I was like, oh, it's a bit more creative than your usual slides, Shane. <laughs> and uh, Nicole stood up and she was like, I suppose I asked Shane, could I address the group? And 
we'd have a thing where we'd always talk about, as does any team, you know, like keeping the head and focusing on the next job and not kind of running away with yourself because we would have had a problem with that in the past where we've lost big leads because we think, oh, we're going to win this game or whatever. So we'd kind of be talking about that and we'd call it blue heads, like, you know, just keep cool, keep calm. And I suppose Nicole just got up and spoke about just like to move away from that analytical side of things and our hearts and she said that um, all the group had she'd received a lot of support going into her she had the surgery before the All-Ireland final and she'd received a lot of support from the group Um, as I'm sure you'd be well aware yourself you know what I mean you went through it and people would have been in touch with her and she said she would have just said that she just was really taken aback by the support of the group and um, you know, I think <laughs> we're getting a bit of stick um, from, like, I know uh, my brother was saying something to me recently, Jesus, all you girls, every time you speak about each other, you say, oh, we're a really, really special group. But I suppose this is just one of those occasions where I really, she really helped me see how much of a priv- privilege it was to be involved in the group that I'm currently involved in. Um, and, you know, she's, I'm not going to go into, like, what she spoke about, because obviously it's it's quite personal to us, but... It was incredible and it gave us huge energy going into that week because, you know, there can be, there's a lot of young girls involved in the group and there can be a lot of nerves and, um, you know, she was ever present and she didn't, not that like she would have, I'm sure she did feel sorry for herself, but there was never any negativity when she was around the group. Like she was down training in the gym sessions with us and everything and I just um so grateful for the way she conducted herself in the run up to the all Ireland final and... Um, yeah, that's it. She's a, she's a good kid. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be tough to because like you've involved involved with Dublin and that team for you know quite a while, and then to to be like okay, right, this is to to make that move to Melbourne. It's not an like especially the way you speak about the group. That's that doesn't sound like an easy decision to make. Even though I know it's you know it's the right part of the season to do it, mm. but still leaving a team like that is. That's tough. That's like, you know, a difficult thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. Um, I spoke about it briefly last week. I couldn't really say too much because obviously um, the news hadn't been announced, but it would have been like very high up on my biggest concerns about, about leaving and um, about going to play AFL. Obviously, I... Um, AFLW, sorry. Obviously, it's an, an incredible It's tricky, don't worry. It's a call, <laughs> I, I say Aussie rules, and it's fine. You get it. Uh, <laughs> no, obviously, it's an incredible opportunity, and it's something that I really, really want to do. And Melbourne, like, if you asked me a couple of years ago, would I go, like, they would be the club that I would want to go to. There's huge Dublin links there. There's huge history between Dublin GAA and, and the Melbourne Even. So um, don't get me wrong, like I'm so looking forward to it I'm so excited about it but a massive concern of mine was how this would impact Dublin and um you know not even impact Dublin but like how my teammates and my manager would feel about it um and as I said I was very as I said last week I was very transparent with Mick um about the potential of me going over so I've obviously played and like so many consecutive seasons with Dublin and 
I never did the year away that maybe other people did, which is absolutely fine as well. You know what mm. I mean? If you're stepping away for the year, I've never really Apart done Apart from it. that J1, which that... really, <laughs> it broke you into the Dublin side, I feel. <laughs> yeah, that J1 with you, I was like, I'm never going away again. Oh, man. <laughs> with people was, you I was meet. Like, I, was, I was like peak athletic condition after oh. getting off that plane. Yeah, so even like since then, I've done consecutive seasons since that J1, those many years ago, mm. decade ago. And it would be probably, I heading into my, I think, 14th CP season with Dublin um, so I just apart from the fact that like Melbourne Demons really sit well with me you know it's an amazing club and I just think the attributes that I have as a Gaelic footballer would be quite transferable to the sport I know I've gonna gonna have a huge amount amount to learn but apart from that like I've never really been away like yeah. I never did anything I never kind of travelled or anything and there is girls in the group who who would have taken a year here and there so I feel like this is an opportunity for me to kind of do that like see a bit of the world but also still play a sport that I think I could potentially be good at based on the skills of my attributes as a Gaelic footballer and then obviously I still be keeping fit and stuff and but as well as that you're it's they are quite similar the fundamental skills that you need so that if you you know rip it up in Melbourne or not you're still going to take something from it and bring it back yeah. to Dublin so it's yeah. kind of a win-win for yeah. you get to travel and meet new people, but also, you know, you get to experience full-time like, exactly, professional yeah. sport, which is, it's not, it's definitely going to be a positive for yeah, you. Yeah, it's something I'm extre- extremely excited about, you know, just being in in a setup where my main focus is um, the sport that I'm playing. Obviously, um, my main focus when I play for Dublin is Dublin and it's actually my career and everything that takes <laughs> it's yeah. back burner. But to have like a sole focus where you're not like, Oh, I actually I have to pay a mortgage. I need to pay the car. I should be I doing also, my thesis, but yeah. instead I'm getting a few sneaky extra sessions in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And obviously um, I spoke about how like special group I'm involved in at the minute in Dublin. But, um, you know, some of the Melbourne girls have been on to me already. And um, the list manager, Todd, was over in May before we even signed a contract. Like I met people from the club and you'd love them as sound. <laughs> <laughs> His wife, Brooke, was over and she played last year uh, for Melbourne and I was able to get a great in- insight from them. And they were just like genuinely great people. Um, they were really, really sound. So I was just so comfortable, you know, with my decision then that um, after that, my my concern would be how how it would impact Dublin but um, I think Mick Mick's no I don't think I know Mick Bowen's extremely sportive of it um, you know it's a case by case situation um, he knows my history with Dublin and how, how much I've kind of been around over the last decade and a half and and it um, shows the, <laughs> those wrinkles <laughs> yeah um, no and the commitment I've had and he appreciates that and you know he's been really really sportive of it and He's going to be in touch with Melbourne and he's going to try and learn from it as well. And um, he's going to have, I'm, I'm meeting him during the week and he's going to have conversations with them. And there's um, people from the club from Melbourne over in December and he's going to meet them then and stuff. So I think all around it's it's been really positive. And, and free digs for me when I come over yeah. and visit. <laughs> and future is easy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Extra large. Um, but before you go over there, I've obviously... Um, I wanted to prep you for Melbourne mm-hmm. as best I possibly could. Mm-hmm. So I got like, now it's really easy. It's just a little, <laughs> it's a little, a little quiz, right? So some of them are, you know, true or false. Okay, firstly, we'll keep it easy. Capital of Australia. Sydney. 
I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I've never okay. left Ireland. <laughs> okay, so that is a Nilpois Canberra. Okay, trick question. Okay, don't worry, don't worry. This is that was just a what little. What was test the answer? Canberra. Sorry, what? Canberra. You didn't know that. No, I did. Yeah, because it was written in front of you, but no, you didn't know that before I knew this. that already, Mackers. I am sorry, so, but I am... Fine. Give me a... Next. Next, sorry. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Melbourne is the capital of which Australian state? Victoria. Nailed it. Yes! <laughs> okay. <laughs> now it's, it's a little bit of true or false, okay? The world's largest stained glass ceiling is located in Melbourne. True or false? False. It is true. So you should take a spin. National Gallery of Victoria. That's where it's at. <laughs> Right. <clears throat> According to the RSPCA, Melbourne is officially the fox capital of the world, with between six and 23 foxes per square kilometre in the urban area of the city. True or false? Like the whole statement or parts of the statement? The whole statement. True. True. Okay. Yes. Two out of four. Uh, the deepest natural harbour in the world with 504,000 megalitres of water. Is that in Melbourne or Sydney? Sydney. Harbour. Correct. Well oh. done. Nice. Uh, the world famous spread Vegemite was invented in Melbourne. True or false? True. It is true. Yeah. Todd I'm, brought I'm me actually, over some when he came over to visit me. What? Thoughts? Gross? Oh, I think it's a bit gross, yeah. It's a yeast spread some, with spices. I'm going to bring some Ballymaloo with me when I go over. Oh, nice. Good shape. <laughs> uh, where was Australian actress Rebel Wilson born? Melbourne or Sydney? Oh man, I think I've forgotten this. No, I remembered. Melbourne. Sydney. Where, okay, so uh, Chris Hemsworth, did he become famous for starring in Home and Away or Neighbours? Home and Away. Correct. Was a guess? Yes. Nice. Liam Hemsworth, where is he from? Melbourne or Sydney? Liam. Are they not brothers? Surely they're from the same place. Okay, where is Chris Hemsworth from then? <laughs> Melbourne or Sydney? Melbourne. <laughs> Correct. Damn it. Okay. Oh, you've actually done really well. If they've all been guesses, true or false was oh, a mistake. For you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, chance. okay, last one. Are you able to sing the jingle for Neighbours? I'm not going to do it, if that's what well, you want. Do you, do you know, like, the first line or two? Yeah. I'm, I will speak it, Okay, I will can, not you can, you, can, you can speak it. You can speak it. No, I know the last line. That's when good neighbours become... Good friends. <laughs> oh, man, I think that's the best ending to our show ever. We are sad. Oh, God. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all we've got time for this week. Um, how did you feel that went? I don't know. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> okay, um, thank you so much for listening this week. Uh, that's all for myself and Mackers. Uh, thanks for listening. Play by Play on Sports Joe and Her. Brought to you by AIG. In support of 20 by 20. 